Yeah, I think there's a good time for an instant reaction podcast. It's about 2 o'clock in the morning. The New York Mets decided to blow yet another game on this West Coast trip. They lose to the Arizona Diamondbacks. The ball hit off of the bat of Tim LaCastro has not landed yet. As soon as the ball went off his bat, I got up. I said, okay, well, this completes that, you know, just tooth extraction that we watched for the last four hours. Let me go bitch about it now with an instant reaction podcast. And we'll start with this. The bullpen just sucks. And there is plenty to rip Mickey Calloway for his usage of Edwin Diaz being one. But they just have nothing in this bullpen outside of Diaz, who was good today, and Seth Lugo, who clearly wasn't available. And that's the biggest problem with Seth Lugo. He just came off the injured list. They're going to baby him to begin with because he's a converted starting pitcher. They want to keep him healthy. So without Seth Lugo and without Edwin Diaz, when you don't have both of those guys available, then you're talking about a garbage bullpen with what somewhat reliable arm. That's why when the reliable arm blows it, like Diaz did in L.A., it's such a kick in the balls. But tonight, what really killed them was Jacob deGrom having some kind of quote-unquote injury. Now, I'm recording this podcast minutes after this game ended, seconds after this game ended. If it comes out that there's a major hip issue for Jacob deGrom, that he's going back on the injured list, then I will probably eat every word I say during this podcast. But you know what? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't really have to be held accountable to make a lot of sense. Jacob deGrom wanted to stay in this game. Jacob deGrom was begging to stay in this game. And I understand that when Jacob deGrom gives up a two-strike rip double to Nick Ahmed, it looks bad, and it concerns Mickey Calloway, and it concerns this head trainer, Chicolo or Tricolo, or whatever the hell his name is. But once you pull Jake with two outs in the seventh inning, and now you are asking this garbage bullpen to somehow get seven outs, and not even seven outs, really four outs. I mean, really, you're just asking them to get the baseball to Edwin Diaz, thinking, well, he's not going to blow it like he did in L.A., and I don't think he would have tonight, and he pitched well tonight. But once you make that decision to take Jake out, I think we all knew we were in for a roller coaster, despite the fact that when they took Jake out, and Familia actually struck out Alex Avila to end the seventh inning, it's a four-to-one game. It's a three-run lead. It's not an eight-run lead. I get it. It's also not a one-run lead. It's a three-run lead. And then, of course, Dom Smith, who's just been freaking awesome, hits a home run to give him a five-to-one lead. And so Jairus Familia comes out for the eighth inning with a four-run cushion. And the naive part of me thought, well, Familia just struck out Alex Avila. He actually looked pretty good. You know, it's Tim LaCastro and it's Jared Dyson. You know, maybe he'll actually be able to get through this eighth inning. And Mickey Calloway has shown now a willingness to use Edwin Diaz to get a fourth out to come in in the eighth inning. Even though the one time he used him, Edwin Diaz failed, it'd be foolish to be scared off because of that. But Jairus Familia... And I know, I remember saying this on the air cautiously about signing Familia, that usually when you go back, when you bring a guy back, it usually never works out. And there are plenty of examples in Met history. Roger Cedeno, Jeremy Burnitz, Jay Bruce, 
and now Jay Riz Familia. It just never seems to work. Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> Tom Seaver sort of worked for a year. I mean, but that was very different. Uh, most of the time, this, this fails. But I never thought Jay Riz Familia would be this awful. Because while Jay Riz Familia wasn't the same guy last year in Oakland after the Mets traded him and even the year he had with the Mets, it's not like he was this. What he is now is Mel Rojas. What he is now is completely unreliable. And I would just say, well, never use him in a high leverage spot. Well, you got to use somebody. And outside of Seth Lugo, who again wasn't available tonight, there's nobody to use. But he hits Tim LaCastro. As soon as he hit LaCastro, I knew they were screwed. And here's what my question was. How long would Mickey Calloway trust Familia? That was my ultimate question, all right? He puts a guy on, but they're up four. So Mickey's probably feeling, I could be a little bit more lenient here. He gives up the little base hit to Jared Dyson, which sucked. He gives up a base hit to Ketel Marte, and he keeps him in the game. At that point, he put three guys on base, and he's still keeping him in the game. Now, it's obvious who he's going to. It's Gazelman. He's not going to go to Diaz because Familia hasn't even gotten an out in the eighth inning. But here's why you should go to Edwin Diaz. Because Mickey Calloway, when he was first hired, besides talking about how he was going to love everybody and he's going to treat the players well and all that BS, he talked about, hey, I don't have to just use my closer in the ninth inning. If there is a situation in which the game is on the line in the seventh inning or the eighth inning, maybe I'll use my best reliever. Well, let me ask you something. It is now a 5-2 to two game. The tying run is at the plate. There's nobody out. The batter is Eduardo Escobar, who's at 14 home runs. Do you not think that the game's on the line? That if you could go to Edwin Diaz right there, and he somehow gets out of it, no more run score, it's a three-run game, I actually feel somewhat okay with a three-run lead that maybe I can get those three outs in the ninth inning. But... I get it. Mickey Calloway has gone back on that. He's never going to do something like that. So he leaves Familia in to face Escobar. He finally gets an out. It's a sacrifice fly. Then he goes to Gazelman, and this is so typical of Big Bob Gazelman. Here's the deal with Gazelman. There are days in which you will go to him, and he'll look effective, and he'll show guts, and he'll pitch well, like he did the other night when he was asked to get a save because Diaz wasn't available. Did a great job. Fine job. And then there are going to be nights in which he completely, utterly sucks. And two pitches in to seeing Adam Jones. Of course, it's Adam Jones, a guy the Mets could have had for basically nothing. And I admit, even I said, ah, they don't need Adam Jones. I said that in March. I hold myself accountable. But nevertheless, I could still bitch about the fact that Adam Jones is the guy who hits the bomb of a two-run homer to tie the game. And at that point, they're screwed. They've got no shot. The bats are going to wilt, which they did. The bullpen will blow it sooner rather than later, which they did. And the Mets were going to have another one of those kick-in-the-nuts kind of losses. Excuse my French. It's a podcast. Calm down. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I, I was hoping that maybe in the ninth inning, you know, maybe there would be a little bit of magic with the subs, with Gomez, with Echeverria. Obviously, that didn't happen. He lets Tomas Nito hit in the ninth inning, which I figured he would do. I figured with two outs and nobody on, he's not going to go to Ramos because then he can't pinch run for him. The odds are Ramos, who's only hit five home runs this season, isn't going deep. 
Skin is keep Nito in the game, and eventually double switches right after that. And then he does something, Mickey Calloway, that is, that I got to hand it to Gary Cohen. What a great job by Gary Cohen, just completely ripping Mickey Calloway for the nonsensical handling of Edwin Diaz. First of all, he's got Diaz warming up in the eighth inning. Great. Like we just talked about, he may use him in the eighth inning. Once Adam Jones hits a two-run home run, I don't know what Mickey's thinking. Because the guy who said he doesn't want to dry hump his relievers decided to dry hump the hell out of Edwin Diaz. He's still at him warming up. For what? Are you going to go to him into a tie game on the road? Which I'm not even against, and he eventually did, but he never went to him. And then when the ninth inning starts, he doesn't go to him then either. He tries to steal outs with Drew Gagno, thinking, all right, it's 8-9 in one of the order. Maybe I can get Gagno to get a couple of outs. The problem is, if you're going to warm up Edwin Diaz, if you're going to dry hump Edwin Diaz to use Mickey's words, why not just put him in the game? And Gary Cohen is freaking out about it because it's obvious. It's obvious. You had him warming up in the eighth inning. You had him warming up in the ninth inning. Either go to him or don't go to him. And so he lets Gagno start the inning, and you knew Gagno wasn't going to have a 1-2-3 inning, and based on how he decided to pull him, that was his attitude. His attitude was, all right, if he puts a guy on base, I'll go, I'll go to Edwin Diaz. He walks LaCastro, I think, on four pitches. Great job. Tim LaCastro, well, what a performance by him. Gets hit by a pitch to start the rally in the eighth, walks in the ninth inning, and then gets the game-winning hit. But even after he walks LaCastro, he keeps Gagno in the game, and after Dyson flies out, that's when he says, okay, I'm going to go to Edwin Diaz. Why? Why there? Why not to start the ninth inning? Now, look, you could argue that it worked out, at least in the short term, because Edwin got the last out of the ninth inning and then pitched a dominant 1-2-3 tenth inning. I mean, if you're looking for positives, I guess it's that, the fact that Edwin Diaz dominated. But the problem is there is a clock and it's ticking especially when you've got a bullpen that sucks as badly as the New York Mets. And I'm a big proponent of, if I've got an elite reliever like Edwin Diaz, I'm going to use him tie game on the road. What am I saving him for? I may be saving him for a situation that doesn't come. And if I use him, like Mickey did, at least I give my offense an inning or two to potentially get a run. Diaz can then close out the following inning, and you'll win the game. If you don't use your closer on the road and say, I'm not using it until there's a save situation, there's a very good chance you're never going to use them. And there's a very good chance you're going to lose this game with subpar relievers while your best reliever isn't out there. So while I get the negative, and you saw it today, that once Diaz pitches his allotment of innings that the manager will allow him to pitch, in this case it was four outs, and you don't score, you're going to have to replace him. Yeah, I get it. Obviously, eventually, the garbage reliever is going to have to come in. I'd rather do it after my best reliever gets some outs, which he did. The problem was the Met offense showed you nothing. Absolutely nothing. In the 10th inning, it was Ramos topping out to third. Ahmed Rosario may, get, may never get another hit ever again. I mean, the last three days for Ahmed Rosario, he has gone into a time machine back to a year and a half ago. How bad has he looked? He was 0 for 5 today. 
He struck out a bunch of times, bounced it in with double play in a big spot in the fourth inning. So he had absolutely no chance. I'm not going to get on Dom Smith for grounding out. The guy had two more hits, including a home run. And then they do nothing in the 11th inning after Todd Frazier walks. Carlos Gomez grounds out. He didn't do very much in this game outside of a base hit in the fourth inning. But that offense looked in the 9th, 10th, and 11th as if they were never going to score a run. That the only way the Mets were going to win this game is if this game went 19 innings and they accidentally scored a run. So obviously, when Tyler Bashler comes in, here's the, the thought that you're having at 1.35 in the morning. Are they just going to put me out of my misery now? We're already in the 11th inning. We're at 3 hours, 45 minutes. Or are they going to drag this garbage out longer? And they didn't drag it out that much longer. Because as soon as Kevin Crone ripped that double, all right, handwriting's on the wall. Ahmed gets the bunt down. By the way, the intentional walk of Alex Avila. Can I ask this question? And I'm, I'm nitpicking at this point. Why? I mean, you're not turning two, right? You're not even setting your infield back to turn two against LeCastro. It's not even about a force out because you let Alex Avila jog to second base. So why are you walking him? Alex Avila's hitting 220. I, I just, what's the point of that? If you're walking him to try to turn two, I get it. Now, you're not trying to turn to against LeCastro, who's actually got pretty good speed. So what the hell are you doing? Again, all this is irrelevant, right? Probably. It probably means nothing that we're going to lose the game anyway. And then Mickey says, oh, I'm going to bring Juan Lagares to play some infield. I'm going to try to do what I did against the Dodgers. We'll get this to work out. And obviously, LeCastro hits the bomb in the center, and the Mets lose this game in 11. And it's just, it sucks. It sucks because you win this game. Much like we said about the Dodger game that Edwin Diaz blew, this could be a halfway decent road trip. And what's crazy is it can still be a halfway decent road trip if they win tomorrow. It can still be halfway decent. But right now, this has just been a brutal West Coast trip. We're staying up late. We're not getting any sleep. And we're watching this bullpen single-handedly light a fire onto this season. I'm not overly concerned about Jacob DeGrom. Maybe I should be. This was a game early on that looked as if Jacob DeGrom was going to be able to go nine. His pitch count was 37 through four. It was 47 through five. It jumped up a little bit to 66 through six. And you thought, hey, he may be able to go nine in this game. No, he may actually be able to give you one of those dinosaurs one of those extinct things a complete game shutout and he ran into trouble in the seventh inning he couldn't put guys away he had that hip issue Echeverria made the bad throw on the infield hit a play that he could have made it was a tough play and then clearly on 0-2 Nick Ahmed got a fastball up and just destroyed it and at that point that was a what looked to be a decision by the trainer to get Jake out of the game. And look, even if they kept Jake in the game, let's be honest about this, he was probably coming out after seven, even with the pitch count at 89 or 90, because of the fact that they were somewhat concerned about his health. But that's the other thing that made this game so awful. The Mets score run right out of the gate. Pete Alonzo rips that RBI double. They tack on the three in the fourth inning. Todd Frazier's been red hot. I give him credit. Hits the two-run home run. And it looks as if this is going to be easy. It looks as if this is going to be 
a nice easy win. Jake's going to get his fourth win. He may go nine. He may go eight. For Jacob DeGrom to only go six and two-thirds was a big letdown. And just a, just a horrible loss. The manager isn't any good. I get it. He's got no bullpen. I, I, I totally understand that. And the other thing he's got to start thinking about, though, and I am a defender of this, but now I'm rethinking it, and that's double switching or taking Alonzo out late for defense. I get it. Dom Smith's a better defensive first baseman. Juan Lagares is good in center field. You improve your defense all the way around by making those moves. Here's the problem. The problem is this bullpen is so freaking bad, no lead is safe, and you may find yourself in an extra inning game. Look at this game. Juan Lagares is leading off the 11th. It could be Pete Alonso. I am not criticizing Mickey for this. I would do the same thing. All I'm saying is we now have to reconsider it because this bullpen is so, so bad. And Brody, Brody's got to do something. I know the something could easily be Craig Kimbrell. It won't be Craig Kimbrell. They're not going to spend that kind of money. But if Brody Van Wagenen is serious about winning, if he is serious about come get us, he's got to do something. Trades can be made this time of year. The Atlanta Braves traded for Anthony Swarzak. The Phillies are about to trade for Jay Bruce. You've got to do something. The something I'm going to do right now is go to sleep. This has been an instant reaction. Mets blow another game. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, and we're bleary-eyed edition of the Evan Roberts podcast.